Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Ann Ukenen. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome this morning. Hallelujah. I love it when a plan comes together. It's amazing. Uh, I did not talk to anyone on the, on the worship team about what I was going to be talking about today, but it's interesting that a lot of the songs talked about our king, and this morning I wanted to talk, ask you a question, who's your king? And right away you might say, yes, Jesus is my king. It might be the first automatic response that, that who, he's your king. And yes, he's our king, but he's not just our king when we're listening to the podcast. He's not just our king when we're worshiping him. It's not, not when we're here on Sunday morning or wherever we are on a, a moment that we take that time to listen to him. But he's king all the time. Can you imagine if, uh, if your server, your waitress, was not serving you all the time? They take your order, but then they never come with your food. Like, all the t that's not all the time. I want my server to be all the time. That's very inconsistent. And you would get up in arms if that happened to you. Wait a second, where's my food or where's my drink? You didn't do this, you didn't serve me properly. And you might indicate that with your tip <laughs> that you didn't serve. But inconsistent serving is not a good thing. And we want to be consistent servers to our king, our Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. It's, it's so funny. I, we were so enjoy doing the, the, the pastor's table and filming. And yesterday we were doing some filming. And if you have not joined the Facebook group, that's where you can find all like the episodes that we're airing weekly. And, and so we're, it's so funny. We're in advance and you're, and we're listening back to things we filmed previous. And so I, this is going to be a while when we hear these, hear these new episodes, but I've so enjoyed filming them but I've also so enjoyed listening to them. It's so interesting being like first talking with one another because we're chatting together, sharing God's word. And, and it, it's a different feel than when you're listening to it and you're learning again and listening again. I've listened to them a few times more than, and, and it's, it's so good. It's good to listen, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And it came up like it normally does, uh, the, the, the scriptures in Matthew, in Matthew 6, and you can go there and read there later if, um, in Matthew 6. Where, and it can, I can give you some words to, you can, oh, where is that? What is that? That's where he's, Jesus is talking about the birds and the flowers and little flock. How much more does our Father care about us and about how we seek him first? And that message, which Jesus preached 2,000 years ago, is still needed today. People are, have concerns and they let their concerns cloud their service to their king. And so I, I, I was just like 2,000 years ago and still. And we're going to go back even further and we're going to go to 1 Samuel. Uh, so let's go to 1 Samuel. And in 1 Samuel, we're going to start in verse 7, but I'm going to do a little bit of catch up for you. I think you, if you want to, you can go back and read. But uh, here we are uh, in verse 7. And, uh, and 
the ark is going to be returned to the people of Israel because it was stolen. So it was stolen by the Philistines. It's so interesting that these problems, these Philistines, keep on coming. And they never seem to get dealt with. And we still hear about them at David's time as well. Hmm, interesting. But here they are, the Philistines. They took the ark and they regretted it. They regretted it for months and months. And they, they, they tried and they were like, you know what? Take it. Take it back. We don't want it. <laughs> they realized their error, the error of their ways. You can go and read there. It's not pretty how they learned about the error of their ways. <laughs> but they, took, they gave it back. And so we're here where the people of Israel have gotten the ark back. And it says, The men of Kirith-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinab, Abadab, blah, 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 blah. but anyway, in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. So they brought it there. And it came to pass that while the ark abode in Kirjath uh, Jinerim, the time was long, for it was 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. I, I, I wonder, they're lamenting. Is not the ark getting returned? What's, what are they lamenting about? Because it says, And Samuel spoke unto all the people of the house of Israel, saying, If you do not return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and, and the Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. He will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. And so the ark is getting returned, and there's still sorrow in the people. Why? Because they still have their old gods, and they're still clinging to their old gods. Hmm. Sometimes we get used to our old ways of doing them, and we cling to them, and we sorrow the fact that we might have to let things go. And we sorrow... When they're hurting, they're hurting you. They're hurting you, but you want to keep them. And sometimes the past stains, has bits of stains that, that are left. The ark was gone for months, and, and they were clinging to their gods, and, and they weren't willing to trade off and give back these gods to, to take the one true God, their king. And... They were still living in the past. People today still live in the past. I know, uh, I know that when people, like, I don't know if your grandma did this or anything like that, but uh, poverty and the depression left a stain on people. I mean, to the point where they're washing baggies. Now, and keeping, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. It's okay to keep, like, I do it too, you know, like, keep, instead of recycle your containers, they use them for their Tupperware. And, uh, and, and they would use those things, and they would save everything. And it was saving everything. And then there was this fear of not enough and fear that if, what if I, if I let this go? And then what, what happens when there's nothing? And so we've got the... Israelites, this fear, if I let this go, what's going to happen? And there's this great sorrow. 
And I'm thinking even now today with the toilet paper and the hoarding. Like, it made no sense. It made absolutely no sense. There's enough. And now there's some people that have enough for eternity. And there's more than enough. And, and I wonder sometimes, how long is it going to take you to get use, get use all that, you know? Like, how long? Like, how long is it going to take you to get through, like, 10 packages of toilet paper? Wow. <laughs> really? That was, and, and, and it's just, like, it's so interesting that, you know, that, that was the thing in our, today's society. And that's something to think about, but for another day. That it was toilet paper. That it was toilet paper. And so Samuel uh, uh, is speaking on, uh, saying, you know, lay down your gods. You have to serve your Lord wholeheartedly. And that's what I think is the word for today. Is are you serving, is he your Lord wholeheartedly? You can tell if he is, if you're confident. You can tell if he is, if you're not in worry or fear. How much more seek ye first the kingdom and God? How much more will he take care of you? He said to seek him first and all these things will be added. We don't have to worry. And so as the Israelites do, they go back and forth. I don't know. Hopefully we're not doing all back and forth. We can, we can, go, back, like we can go to God and then stay there and not go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but stay So the children of Israel uh, did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, gather all the Israelites in Mizpeth and I will pray for you and unto the Lord. And I I, I find it so interesting when I'm reading all this through this time that Samuel is praying. Why didn't the people pray? Why aren't they praying? It's not up to Pastor Gwen to pray for you. You can pray for yourself. Like Pastor Laird, like Dr. Lairdon says, pray for yourself, you lazy thing. You know, instead, the first thing before you go reach out and text Pastor Gwen and the messages where there's multiple, multiple, why did, did you pray first? Did you pray first? There's lots of people here that love you and will pray for you, but did you pray first? That's just a question, you know, to, to maybe ask yourself before you call, before you text, before you reach out, did you pray first? What word is, are you standing on for this situation? And then you can call us and we'll agree. Because we like to agree with God's word and with you over it. <laughs> so they put him away. And so they're gathered in Mizpeth. And they gathered together in Mizpeth and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpeth. And when the Philistines heard, because, I mean, you gather some people, you're going to hear. I mean, today we gather, you get a ticket. So they gathered together, and they, and the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together in Mizpeth, and the lords of the Israel were gathered together in, um, to Mizpeth. Uh, and the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. Hmm. They just said that they're, we're serving you, Lord. You're our king. You're our Lord. And then they're afraid. How many times does that happen to us? We're serving the Lord. And then a circumstance comes, and there's fear and worry, anxiety. 
any of it, a little bit of it. We serve a God, a mighty God. We just we were singing all morning about our mighty king who can deliver, who has delivered mightily. And then we get in fear. Hmm. Well, they got in fear. Oh. We'll just blame them. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry to the Lord of our, our God for us, that he will save us to, out of the hands of the Philistines. And then you have to stop and go, well, why don't you cry out? I mean, first of all, you're in fear. And then you say, hey, Samuel, can you cry out for me? Why didn't they cry out? God hears everyone. Why do we have to talk through someone else? You can talk to God yourself and you can hear, to, hear him and he'll listen to you. And he listens and listens and listens. He listens to a lot of what you have to say. Praise Jesus. Let's let it be some faith and not fear. So he will save us out of the hands of the Philistines. So they, they trusted that when Samuel would ask that God would do what he said he would do, save them out of the hands of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried out unto the Lord of Israel, and the Lord heard him. The Lord hears. The Lord heard Samuel. He can't hear you if you're not talking, if you're not crying out to him, if you're not speaking to him. And, Sam, and, Sam, and as Samuel was offering the burnt offering, now this is so neat. This is so neat. The Philistines, the Philistines drew near the battle. And so we're in verse 10. It's really cool. Go back to it later and read it again. It's 1 Samuel 7, 10. And as Samuel was offering the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to, the battle, to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them. And they were smitten before Israel. And then... As men of Israel, like, because you know what? That's nice to start the battle, and you can go out and finish the job. So, <laughs> so they, God did, boom, there you go. They're all smite. And then now Israelite, Israel is running out there, and then just to, to finish the job. And the men of Israel went out and pursued the Philistines and smote them, and they came under beth Car. And Samuel took a stone and set it between Misbeth and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came to no more in the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all, uh, all the days of Samuel. Hallelujah. Isn't this great news? That God delivered them. They were serving other gods. They turned, and then immediately, God is with them. God is protecting them. God is showing himself, himself strong to them. And it's a wonderful thing. But there's this mighty place and this mighty thing that happened. And the children of Israel forgot. They continue to forget what God did. And they're continually reminded. And yet still they forget. Listen, listen. Go back and listen. Listen, go back and listen. Remind yourself. These are important things. Don't forget. If we're not going forward, we're going backwards. 
And we go back to those things that held us. Back to those old false gods. Back to those things that want to hold us down. To, and the idols of then are not the idols today. Well, there are idols today. People, they're in people's homes. And they think that idol is going to help them and protect them, but it's not. It's just a piece of gold or whatever. It's a thing. It's not almighty God. But also, too, we have friends that are not even saved. And we value their word too much and put it first place sometimes above God's word. And, how, and then how come we're in trouble? We didn't put him first. He's not our king when we're not listening to his, his voice and following his way, which is good. It's going to lead us into a great end. We can turn, leave those things, sorrow. We don't have to sorrow for them. We just lay them down with joy, saying, I know that my God is leading me to a better place. He has better things for me. And it doesn't matter what comes my way. He's got a thunder to take care of my enemies. He's got a thunder to take care of the circumstances. He's got, he's, all these things will be added unto you if you seek him first. And I don't think we know that well enough. But here they are. The Lord delivered them. And then later in chapter 8, if we just jump down to chapter 8, and said, it says, when it came to pass, when Samuel was older, he's old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second Abia, and they were judges in Beersheba. And the sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. So basically they were bribed. So, they, so someone would come and, and they'd be like, oh, who am I going to uh, uh, serve justice to? It's the one that's paying me more. And so they were swayed by money and weren't judging justly, but judging based on money and who could pay them more. And so the elders of Israel, Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel and Ramah and said, Behold, you're old. You're an old guy. This, like, we can't have this. You're going to die. Right? But basically they're saying he's going to die. You're going to die. And then these guys are here and they're doing this. Ah, your sons are not walking in your ways now. Make us a king to judge her over all the nations. And so here Israel's looking at what everybody else has. Everybody else has a king. But what's interesting is they didn't look that everyone else has a king, but Israel's king brings thunder into the enemy's camp and smites them, and you just have to go finish the job. No, no, no. They're like, well, baby, we want a king. This is the answer. We need a flesh and blood king. This is what we need to have to save us. He will, the king will be good, better for us. It will be better. But this displeased Samuel because he's talking to God and he knows what God wants. And Samuel is, is, is not happy with this. When they said, give us a king to judge us. And then Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And then here we have what, what God has to say. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, and I should not, that I should not reign over them. They rejected 
a God who had delivered them, who took them through, through the desert, that delivered them from slavery. Again and again and again, he showed his strength. Thundering in the recent history that they could remember. And delivering them. But they want what everyone else has. Don't look to the world and see what they have, because what they have is nothing. They have nothing. And we have everything. When we have our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's all we need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And they rejected God. And so that's something that you need to also hear as well. When you're hearing God and you're walking out in what God has for you and you're doing your very best and you sin, you mess up, you make a mistake. And it's God forgives you and you move on. It's important to know that when other people are, are mocking and looking and seeing, those same words apply that, Jesus said to, uh, that God said to Samuel, that they have not rejected you, they've rejected me. But I did this thing and it hurt them terribly. Well, God can heal. God forgive your sins. He certainly can forgive theirs, and he can certainly restore things. He can make a new relationship, not an old relationship based on something else, but a new relationship based in him, and can restore things. And someone might be hurt, but Jesus takes hurt. Jesus takes those things. It's not us. It's him. And he can turn messes into something else. And he's done that for me. I've made mistakes. And he's turned things around when I followed him and let him be Lord and lead me and let him be my king and lead me and tell me where to go, not where I think I should go and what I should do, but where he would like me. And I've been blessed. And I've been happy. And I've not been miserable unless I've wanted to be. <sighs> Hallelujah. We can turn wholeheartedly to him. We don't have to choose what this world has. We don't have to choose idols, but we can turn to God. We can let him be our God, him be our Lord, him be our king, him be our deliverer, because he'll do a better job than you can ever do. He delivers and he saves to the uttermost. So here we have, the Lord says unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people and say basically, they can have it. And there are times in your life that you make choices. And because it's your choice, God says, you can have it. Oh, no. I don't want to be in that place where God says, fine, you can have it. Because that's your choice. When people reject Jesus, fine, you can have it. What can they have? 
hell. Keep on talking to them. Keep on telling them. And you know what? It's not you. It's the Lord that they're having a problem with when they react the way they react. And God can give us wisdom on how to share with friends and wisdom who to share with and what to share. And <laughs> I said before, yesterday, at the, at when we were filming the pastor's table, maybe it's just giving something that moves someone's heart. That they could not believe that someone thought about them. Because people aren't. But he is. God is. And we can serve others. And that's how we serve our king. Serving him by serving to others. What we have, we give to them. And so the people are complaining. God says, give them what they want. And in, in verse 8, according to all the works that they have done since the day I have brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. God knows what's going on. He knows people's hearts. But we're serving him wholeheartedly. Now therefore hearken unto their voice. Listen to them, God says to Samuel. Howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them and show them that manner of king that shall reign over them. Tell them what kind of king they're going to get. And this list, I'll read it, but think about the politicians we have today. Hmm. Some people choose that over the great and mighty king. Hmm. But this is what he tells the people. And Samuel told the, all the words of the Lord unto the people and asked uh, of him a king, that asked him of a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots and for his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to ear his ground and reap his harvest and to make his instruction, uh, his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots and he will take all your daughters to be uh, confectionaries and to be cooks and be the bakers and he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive olive yards and even the best of them and give them to his servants and he will take a tenth of your seed and your vineyards and give them to his officers and his servants and he will take all your manservants and your maidservants and your good goodliest young men and your assets and put them to his work and he will take it to the tenth of your sheep, and you shall be his servants. Like taxes. You know, armies that we pay for. Some pay for more than others. But in here, preparing for war. Well, let's just look back in chapter 7. How do you prepare for war when God is your king? He comes down like thunder. And you just go finish them off. You don't need lots of chariots and things. You just, like, they're, they're already down. You're kicking them while they're down, the enemy. So easy. <laughs> and yet, here we are. We want a king. We want a king. We want to serve this earthly king that asks all these things. And in war, there's death and destruction. But in the, ne the other chapter... It was running after them. They're with their tail between their legs. 
There's not the kind of death and destruction that you see in that kind of battle. Think to Gideon. The battle is the Lord's. Cracking some pots and yelling. These are the kind of battles (laughs) you fight when the Lord is on your side. You don't really fight. (laughs) You just stand there and pick up what's left over. But here, this is what they wanted. They saw what other people had, and that was their comfort level when they saw what other people had. If we don't look like that, we're not, we're not who we should be. But we don't look outside. We don't look to the world. We don't look to what other people have and what they do and what they're like. We look to God who tells us who we are in Christ Jesus. Who tells us where to go and that the battle is his. And we just walk through and take the leftovers and the things that are left behind. Are you, like, it's a different kind of fight. (laughs) It's a different kind of fight. It's not the one of the world. And then Samuel says to them, And you shall cry out in the day because your king, which you have chosen, I might add, just like, you know, our prime minister whom we have chosen, or a president whom has been chosen. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the Lord, the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, we will have a king over us. That's what we want. That we may also be like the nations. And that our king will judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Really? Really? The king will fight your battles? Totally not seeing anything. Samuel just said <laughs> that he, like all these, the, their sons are going to be the ones fighting the battle. The king will be there, but it's all these people that are going to be fighting. Not a big thing of thunder. Clear in the path. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. <laughs> I bet he was a little bit ticked. And the Lord said, listen to their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, go ye every man unto his city. And it was so. I want to do what God has called me to do. I want to go where God has called me to go. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want what he has for me. It's so much better than what I could think up on my own. Let's read about our king in Revelation. This is our, he is our king. We have leaders today, but just as Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world, we belong to that kingdom that is not of this world. He is our king. He is our Lord. You can remind yourself again, I encourage you to listen to this again. Listen, participate in the songs that we sang this morning. It doesn't matter where you are. 
It's easy sometimes to participate at church, but there's sometimes people that don't even participate when they come to church. Doesn't matter where you are. I've listened to, from home, I've listened to things online. And I've put things down, I've put the device down and I've stood up. Because it's not this way with the device. It's this way with God. And I've got it in my ear, but I got my heart tuned there to heaven. And in Revelation 19.11, let's read there. Easy to find. Easy to find Revelation. Near the end. It's the last book of the Bible. Revelation 19.11. This is our king. He is our king. And I saw heaven open up, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon it was faithful, was called, was called faithful and true. Oh, hallelujah. Our king, faithful and true. There was lots of kings after Saul that had problems. None of them. I mean, David was called a man over after God's own heart. But faithful and true, that, he is our king. Faithful and true, our king. And behold, I'm going to read that again. He sat upon, uh, and he that sat upon him, the horse, was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Hallelujah. That blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That his righteousness is our righteousness. And that blood applied. And we can say of ourself, faithful and true. That blood that cleanses us. Never did any wrong. Hallelujah. And his name was called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon the white horse, clothed in fine linen and white, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp um, sword, that with it he should smite the nations. We don't belong with that nation. We belong with the heavenly king. Hallelujah. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fiercest and the wrath of Almighty God. And he, and he hath on his clothing his vesture. On his thigh is the written, King of kings and Lord of lords. His eyes a flame of fire. Oh, hallelujah. Out his mouth a two-edged sword that pierces, that cuts to the matter, that tells you the truth, that is the truth, that's faithful and true to us. So we can leave behind those things, those idols. And some of those idols are worry. Worry has become your idol. And you have worshipped worry when we should be worshipping the almighty God. That's not for you. Yours is a God that can deal with, with thunder. Come down and take care of a situation. 
But until you leave the worry, until you lay it down, he can't be Lord over that situation. He is our King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the one that rules and reigns. Let him rule and reign over you. Let him rule and reign over every circumstance and every situation in your life. You don't be God of you. Let him be God of you. And it's simple. It's laying it down and choosing him moment after moment, minute after minute. And sometimes it is hard because you've let it be hard. Because you know what? You're sorrowing like those Israelites. You like that worry. You're addicted to that worry. It's become a part of you and your nature. And God does want, doesn't want that to be in your nature. He wants you free. He wants you delivered. He wants you set free. Oh, almighty God. I will pray for you right now. And in this moment, you have a choice. You have a choice to lay it down. I refuse to pick up this worry any longer. I refuse to let it be Lord of my life. I choose the Lord of my life to be the Lord of my life. Oh, Father. Oh, we repent. We have sinned. We have let worry take first place. And I thank you, Lord, we lay it down at your feet. And we no longer pick it up. We no longer sorrow for laying worry down. But we lay it down and we lift our head up to you, the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord of all, the almighty God who takes care of us, who adds all these things. I thank you that we seek you first, Lord. We look to you first. And I thank you, Lord, that we will be different from this moment forward. I thank you, Lord, that we don't touch that worry anymore. I thank you, Lord, that you are a part of us, that you are in us, walking through us. I thank you, Lord, for ministering angels, ministering your covenant to the people within the sound of my voice. And I thank you, Lord, that those angels don't leave. They don't leave. They don't leave. But they're there. And I thank you that we choose you. And in those areas where people have said, I choose this, and God has laid, has taken a step back, I thank you that now we lay that thing down. We lay that thing that was causing so much trouble. And you know you're listening to my voice. You know exactly what thing. Lay it down. And I thank you that that peace, that Pastor Neil prayed, that peace, his peace, not that the world gives. I think that floods right in right now. And I thank you, Lord. For your joy. I thank you for your joy. That your joy is our strength. And we lift our head up and follow you, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, my King. Say that. My King. You're my King. I follow after you. I listen to your voice. I follow your voice. 
I do what it says. I thank you, Lord, that it's easy, that I'm made in your image and likeness. And my image and likeness loves to obey your word, loves to follow after your word. And I thank you, Lord, that that freedom rings and what rings and rings. And we are not concerned about how others think or feel and say, but we're concerned and focus on you and what you have to say. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.